everybody. You're listening to Angel Nears, a Silicon Valley community that brings startup builders and experienced operators together to share key insights on how to build and scale startups. I'm your host, Oleg Kujikov, and our guest today is Faye Arjomandi, the founder and CEO of Mimic Technology that provides a hybrid edge cloud computing application development platform and business enablers for digital transformation. Faye is a serial entrepreneur and renowned leader in tech. She's been named the Edge Computing Woman of the Year in 2020 and was named one of the most influential business leaders in Silicon Valley in 2014. Today, we're we're talking with Faye about how Edge Cloud Computing can unlock the next generation of apps for the hyper-connected world. But before we get into that, Faye, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you and excited to learn a little bit about you. Let's get started by uh, just meeting you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in tech. I'm just a person that's driven by curiosity and problem solving. So I I mean, tech in terms of the profession, obviously, I I finished my degree in electrical engineering in Concordia University, but and I started working in the tech sector, given that was my background. Uh, but then uh, I started feeling like there are a lot of other problems that I can solve uh, or take a leadership on solving them. Uh, that's how I ended up in starting companies and uh, kind of uh, taking it from there. Got it. Um, let's dive into that a little bit more. Like, What were some of the key roles you had and experiences prior to starting Mimic? Uh, prior to starting Mimic, I was uh, a solution architect at a company called uh, uh, MDSI, Mobile Dispatch uh, uh, Solution Inc., uh, which were developing uh, mobile workforce management taxi dispatching solution. I'm aging myself. That was around 1997 or so. And, and this was the time that people were looking at uh, how to move from the laptop and uh, kind of dial-up connection to a so-called wireless data connection that at that time was CDPD. So that's how I started my career. And a lot of conversation even back then was about digital transformation. How can a business secure its future? Uh, by by moving from one platform to another platform. Uh, so that was my role that I started with at MDSI and uh, that was the op- that was the time that I also saw the opportunity to kind of develop a platform that can help developers or software development delivery faster to market. Got it. Uh, so that's already answering some of my questions. In the intro, I, I read it off what Mimic is or, or uh, markets itself as, and that's a hybrid edge cloud computing application development platform and business enabler for digital transformation. I feel like I'm a little bit over my skis here, and I would love to break that down. Can we start? So it's a hybrid, right? It's uh, not one thing or another. It's some kind of combination of this edge cloud computing application development platform with a business enabler for digital transformation. Maybe let's start with the second half. What's a business enabler for digital transformation? Uh, So uh, maybe uh, I can simplify it a little bit. So uh, business, obviously, I mean, uh, edge versus cloud, if I may start from there. So cloud cloud computing was actually what enabled um, uh, this notion of software as a services, which means that you develop your software and you host it in cloud and you don't need to be worried about whether you have 
server and you know you you build an on-premise data center or how much compute do you have to buy and how to maintain it uh, and all that uh, and and that was the birth of a kind of uh, uh, software as a service platform as a service where where people businesses can just easily sign up to a monthly recurring type service fees to utilize a service that's considered business en- en- enabler in the in the SaaS world. Now, uh, the, the whole notion of cloud computing was also based on the application development architecture, which means that uh, within the application development architecture, we have the role of client and server. Client is is obviously a client facing application, a browser considered a client. Um, a Facebook application that you're using in your hand is considered a client. And and at the first generation of mobile internet, the, the intention or the, the usage is started by a client is a thin client because device that runs the client application doesn't have as much compute Therefore, the server that's serving the client, which which at that time was more about browsing content, browsing information, watching a video, is hosted in cloud. So now these dumb devices uh, that uh, used to be in our hand that didn't have enough compute, power, memory, CPU, and not always connected, uh, would connect to their backend, would connect to content to consume content. Uh, but this thing is changing. This this paradigm is changing. How is it changing, right? And how is it changing is that the devices that are in our hand now has much more, lot more compute than it used to. An iPhone 12 uh, is at least one times, one thousand times uh, has more power uh, than a supercomputer in later in, in late eighties, right? Uh, a LiDAR sensor uh, in the car uh, has more compute than a Raspberry Pi. So, and the other phenomenon that has changed is that these devices are no longer just consuming content, but, but these devices are producing information. So the endpoint devices not only have more compute, but and and they're always connected, but the applications or the services that are running on these endpoint devices are also now sending traffic, generating traffic, than just being a consumer of information. That brings the notion of edge cloud compute to picture. And that's one of the major transformations that as we have uh, more companies looking for developing the digital solutions, putting it into context, Gartner stated that only 20% of businesses have gone through their cloud journey or digital journey. 80% are just starting. So everybody is starting with digital solution and and the question is that if you're u- utilizing these devices uh, that have more compute, why not process data right there in order to translate raw data to information and then decide where to send the information? Would you send it to another device? Do you have to send it to a cloud, uh, central cloud? So that that is really the notion of hybrid edge cloud compute. Thank you for breaking that down. I want to 
keep asking about edge cloud computing. Is edge computing like new branding for a version of cloud computing or is it something new? Uh, think of it as uh, it is a natural evolution of cloud, right? But it's also a new thing, mainly because uh, if you think about it again, we're moving from mobile internet era to a hyper-connected world era. For the first time in 2014, we have more connected devices than the total population in the world. So in, 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 in 2014, we have over 12 billion devices as opposed to 7 billion in population. So, uh, and, and, uh, and the hyper-connected world means digital and physical are connected, are merged together, are converging. You're, you are in the physical world and uh, your, your, your experience in digital world is enhanced, uh, uh, in physical world is enhanced with digital. You are in digital world and the information from physical world need to enter the digital world. So as these things are converging and we have more connected devices, more services that running in order to deliver the experience in enterprise or consumer. The question is, what is the next cloud computing? How can I, how can I reduce my cost of cloud? How can I reduce the latency of application communication? How can I reduce the energy consumption? Uh, and how can I bring data privacy to the end users? So edge becomes the natural place because the device where the services are running have enough compute that can provide the notion of cloud server. Devices usually consider as client node, but with what Mimic is doing or with the notion of edge, we're saying that device no longer has a single role of client. A device can be a client and can be a server at the same time. I can give you an example, a context, to putting it in context. When I am at your home as your guest, I'm serving, um, you are serving me as a guest. You're an owner of the home and you're serving me uh, as, as your guest. When you are in my home, I am serving you and you are my guest, and I am the owner of the house. Based on this notion, the notion of am I your client or am I the service, changes. Bring it to the digital world. If a car is parked in your uh, apartment uh, parking lot, uh, it's a computing node that it's sitting stationary, and it belongs to you. And maybe at that time, the compute can be utilized to serve you or to serve somebody that you authorize. Example, mine your Bitcoin, right? But when the car is actually in the, in the road, on the road, that car is a client to another car in order to receive information from that car uh, uh, to avoid collision. The client is a server to, the, sorry, the car is a server to the passenger that it's sitting in the car 
or it's a car share and the user come and wave their phone and the door opens and now the car registers to this user. So the user become client, the car becomes server. When the car pulling into a charging station, uh, the car is a client to a charging station in order to pay its fee to the charging station. So the context define the, the persona of these entities in digital world. And that's why the role of client server is changing. If the role of client server is changing, therefore you don't have to have a fixed always you don't, you don't always need that fixed data center where your servers are running, where your services are running to tell you what to do, to tell the car what to do. Car is an autonomous entity. Car is not just one computer, it's many computer domain in the car. And at any time, car need to communicate with different entities um, uh, uh, as a role of client or server. Did that answer your question? <laughs> I think I ju it just gave me more questions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a point of these discussions. <laughs> well, let me move on. So th this technology is evolving and we are moving into, right, I, I don't know what we're moving into. That's why I'm going to ask the question. Are cloud and edge computing going to be competing with each other? Is it a, a situation where only one can kind of win out, or, or you're kind of implementing a hybrid approach? C can you can you speak to that? Like, are these two things competing technologies, or can they work together? They have and must work together. They have to coexist, and they will always coexist. You know, this is the same answer. Uh, this is the same questions and requires the same answer is Wi-Fi replacing cellular? Is Ethernet replacing Wi-Fi, right? But when you look around today, at any moment, you're utilizing a combination of connectivity. You're utilizing Bluetooth, utilizing Wi-Fi, you're utilizing cellular, you're utilizing Ethernet. Depending on where you are, what the context is, and what is available to you. It's so natural to us, right? The applications, uh, and, and now if I think about the future of hyper-connected world where everything is autonomous, right? Autonomous car, autonomous retail, uh, autonomous everything. Therefore, these autonomous entities need to be able to process their own uh, kind of task and they make decision and then decide who they need to communicate with and who they need to communicate with at that time can be another car or it can be a public cloud, right? So that's why, or it can be a private on-premise cloud. So that's why really edge and cloud, that's why we specifically calling it a hybrid edge cloud compute or, or, or on another note, you can refer to it as an ad hoc cloud because that autonomous entity that autonomous service decides how to use each compute uh, for the purpose that it has at that time uh, my vp business development sam or money was giving me an example that she uses she said that if i if i'm an, an individual and and i and i want to do a task i first try to do it myself then if i need help who do I call? 
I may call a few other people that are in the same house. Or, or if these people cannot, cannot help me or run the task for me or, 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 uh, or deliver what I need, I may call a service person to come in. So that think of it as, as autonomous entities of future are like human, are like individual uh, human that they decide at any time based on the context and based on their persona where they need uh, and what and where the compute is in order to process what they need. Got it. So the context defines kind of everything, right? So to go back to the car analogy, if if the car is parked, we want it we want it using one kind of compute or, or one one type of task, right? So the car the car belongs to Faye and it's parked at her garage. And and now it can utilize to be to process for its compute to be to process something for Faye. Or 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 if Faye authorizes it, it can process something for someone else. Versus if you're driving, you 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 want it to be maybe doing a whole other set of tasks. Exactly. Exactly. When it's driving, it needs to communicate with other cars. It's in the pool of cars that driving in that road, right? At the same time, that car may have my schedule loaded into it to decide where to go next, right? So it communicates with the cloud within the within the with the, with the car within the vicinity, and it receives some other information from the cars from uh, from the proximity in order to decide what is the best route to take in order to take me to my next destination. Right. So that's, that's, and, and one of the things that Mimic provides is actually the, specifically that context because it provides information of who, what is the amount of resource available on each of these devices and, and who is it belong to? Are these devices belong to a single user or a single enterprise or these devices are within each other's proximity? These resources, these cloud resources are within each other's proximity or these devices belong to a same network, like they're all at home. So, the context that the context that Mimic provides and the serverless environment that 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 Mimic provides it allows those autonomous entities on autonomous services to discover each other and communicate with each other and to discover other resources that can be on-premise data center it can be public cloud or it can be a base station 5G telco base station what kind of functions or services are best handled at the edge versus like what's going to stay in the cloud? It really uh, depends on the application logic and it depends on the compute that is available on device. But I give you a couple of very simple examples that uh, some of our partners have developed. You know, for example, you're utilizing a banking application. That banking application, uh, when you input your information, at that moment, your your let's say that application is calculating my taxes. At that moment that I'm inputting information, instead of sending all the data to cloud and then in cloud center calculating my taxes, 
you can actually, given you already have information that I'm inputting on my mobile device, you can have a tax calculation service or a tax calculation macro service, uh, tax calculation macro service to actually calculate that tax for you as well and just send the outcome to the next endpoint entity. Right. So you do, what do you do this way? You translate raw data to a knowledge, actionable knowledge that now you can decide where to send it. I'll give you another example. A lot of time today in, in the, in the consumer side, I'll give you a couple of consumer example and enterprise in the consumer world. Um, you may be, um, using your bank application and separately you using your healthcare application that, that may require some form of a payment as well. Today, when you launch your healthcare application to make a payment, that healthcare application is sending the payment information to its backend. The backend that is hosted on cloud is now sending that information to the bank backend. But when you are running that healthcare application on your mobile device, most probably you have few other bank application on mobile device as well. You have Bank of America, you may have Chase, you may have Amex. Imagine when I say make a payment, Instead of that goes out of my device to a backend and from my that backend of healthcare application goes to the backend of bank, that client application is now sending that information on device directly to Bank of America on the same device to the Bank of America application on the same device. So, so you have bypassed a lot of aggregators in cloud that way and you have reduced the traffic you have reduced the carbon footprint you create a huge uh, uh, the, you, uh, you you respect the data privacy of the user and the bank of america application is now a service on the same device right and and now bank of america application can 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 communicate with its own backend to do whatever it has to do so that is also another example. Je uh, uh, give you uh, another example, surveillance camera, CCTV camera, thanks to the high number of crime in U.S., uh, uh, there is need for CCTV camera everywhere. But, but CCTV camera is also questions the privacy of the residents, the privacy of people. So how can you uh, buy, how can you bring CCTV camera to the picture without uh, uh, constantly monitoring every resident? Imagine you send the image of an intruder, you send an image of a killer that you're looking for to the CCTV cameras and CCTV cameras that are on the edge and monitoring the streets can constantly check against the model on the camera for that intruder, for that suspect. And the moment one CCTV camera detects that suspect, can inform the other CCTV camera within vicinity that, hey, I just detected this person at this location. I'm informing you to follow that person so CCTV cameras can follow that intruder or suspect. And at the same time, the camera directly inform law enforcement. Now I start streaming. 
to the law enforcement to send them to that location. So this is this is a clear example of uh, a use of edge compute that is is protecting people's privacy, and yet uh, bringing efficiency and safety, efficiency to compute and and safety to our street. That sounds very powerful. Can you speak to some of the challenges that lie ahead for edge computing? I think uh, one is the market confusion. Because depending on who the vendor is, they want to define edge based on vendor. So, for example, and and a lot of people are are looking at edge with the same uh, view that I have a powerful computer in the middle and bunch of dumb devices around that powerful compute. Give you an example again in automotive. Hey, all the sensors are dumb. And I'm going to put a huge rack of computer in the middle of car to connect to these sensors. But the reality, as I said, a LiDAR, a sensor, a device that attached to a LiDAR sensor has more compute than a Raspberry Pi. So now, instead of looking at it from a bunch of dumb devices connecting to a main computer, you have to look at it as bunch of intelligent devices that have their own compute and can work in their own autonomy, but also utilize the power of compute in the middle. So the challenge is that a lot of vendors in, in the market today, they still look at, at, look at edge in the context of central cloud and bunch of dumb devices. And that creates a lot of confusion. The number one thing that you say in the market about edge, people think, oh, you build the data center closer to the application demand. And other devices are constantly communicating with this. So one thing that we constantly do is educate the market or, or, or talk about this with the market that, hey, devices, endpoint devices are a type of resource that has compute. And edge is about starting from where the data is. And then going to where is the next available compute, which can be a bigger computer in the car or which can be a base station, right? Or which can be an infotainment device. So I think one of the challenges that, that we're experiencing or market will experience is to clear that confusion. The other challenges is to exactly talk about the difference in the role of client server that we discussed at the beginning. Hey, device doesn't have to be always client. Device can run, has enough power to run a so-called macro service in the world of engineering, uh, which is about an, a, a system, a, a mini system that, that has all its own capability inside it and exposes RESTful API for interoperability. So at any moment, uh, a, 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 a service uh, can be on any of these devices and the role of devices can be both client and server which bring us to the application development paradigm. If you look at cloud native world, in the cloud native world, people are talking about your server is a collection of microservices reside on the data center. Your client, which is monolith, resides on your mobile device or endpoint devices. But when you think about hyper-connected world and when you think about 
um, autonomous world, everything autonomous, you really don't, you don't live in a vertically integrated application anymore. You live in a, in a, in a world that are run by a bunch of services. And now the application is based on the context at the time define what you want to do or what you need to do and where to get the data from. So uh, the, 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 the border between front-end developer and back-end developer need to break to full-stack developer and microservice and RESTful API everywhere. So these are the challenges that, that basically we see uh, in the market uh, uh, on the last item is that there is no vertical application anymore. It's almost like a bunch of contextual aware software defined system that need to communicate with each other. Uh, if I may give you one more example is that imagine you are in a healthcare domain and your healthcare is asking you what is your financial status? The reason they ask you what is your financial status, I'm going to use me as an example, is that they want to know whether, hey, do you have a mental health issue, Faye? And we want to know whether your mental health issue is impacted by your financial issue. But if I am in a financial domain and somebody is asking me how is your health, they probably want to know what my risk factor is for whether I should be getting the loan or not. So that's why you're no longer going to be on a vertical application domain. You're gonna be in this horizontal contextual aware systems that they get information from each other. So that's also, it, it's, it's a challenge that people need to come out of vertically integrated super app to uh, software-defined systems that are, are exchanging knowledge based on the context at the time. You could refer to this as AI engines. Every entity has a mini AI agent. Every system is a mini AI agent that based on the context that they have from that moment and their surrounding, they decide how to communicate with each other. So the challenges, I think, is more um, about education and seeing it seeing the world in a different way we call it reimagine the cloud mimic has reimagined the cloud if you reimagine the cloud then you realize that oh the way i develop application can be different the way systems ex exchange knowledge can be different the way uh, cloud is defined can be different and the way business models uh, are structured can be different. And I hope in the core of it is the respect to our data privacy uh, and then a stop to the data exploitation that we're experiencing today. One lesson that we've learned from the cloud computing era is that most successful computing services operations are the ones that embrace open software and open standards. Uh, does this apply to hybrid edge cloud computing as well? Uh, absolutely. We actually um, have uh, recently uh, joined LF Edge, uh, which is a, a Linux uh, foundation, uh, uh, basically a, a community of uh, 
of uh, of open source community uh, and uh, some Armani, our SVP uh, business development, uh, have recently joined the governing board of LFH. Uh, we just made an open source contribution to LFH uh, that will be announced, uh, in fact, tomorrow uh, officially. So I believe open source is uh, definitely uh, a, a one key area uh, to empower developers uh, with developing new solutions and basically um, uh, enabling them to create their IoT, to create their, their robotic and all that. But, but I guess that it, there is always this difficult question that if a company goes 100% open source, then where is the business model? Let's move on and, and talk about your company. Can you give us the, the elevator pitch for Mimic? Oh, that's a difficult one. There is, there is a, how tall is the elevator? How high is the, is the elevator elevator itself? Uh, Ten stories. I need a hundred stories. I think you you could say we we simply reimagined the cloud. The, the way we saw the world is that the, the future belongs to autonomous entities, autonomous services, utilizing an ad hoc cloud and and exchanging knowledge amongst each other that could be even with digital currency. So we said, how can we change the cloud that is cheaper, faster, more scalable, more energy efficient? Uh, and brings data privacy to the hyper-connected world. And that's what Mimic has done. We created the software platform and uh, our target are uh, developers. Uh, we also go to market with channel partners, system integrators, and we work with uh, large enterprises. And we also empowering a lot of different startups. Can you tell us the origin story and, the, and, and what kind of insights led you to starting Mimic? So this is the third company that I've started. And, and by the way, between 2014 and 17, I had three uh, parallel career. Uh, so uh, my second company, Mobidia, was in mobile, um, uh, basically transport layer protocol optimization. Uh, and the idea was that, hey, uh, I can sense data on mobile device and I can decide based on the available network uh, how to send traffic and how to label traffic that way. And as I was testing that Vodafone was a customer, I was testing uh, that solution in, in Vodafone Germany lab, uh, I realized that I'm optimizing, to, we, we were actually increasing the, the traffic throughput by, by, by 30%, but I'm optimizing the capacity of network over wireless link. But then um, at, when, when, the, when the data hits the data center, it still has a long way to go to its backend in cloud. And that latency is going to create a lot of uh, problem. This was in 2008. Uh, and Amazon had announced Amazon Web Services in 2009. Uh, uh, sorry, 2006. So... When I looked at the network traffic pattern and when I realized that, okay, hold on a second, everybody talk about IoT, everybody talk about the smart devices, the traffic pattern is going to change. At that time, it was just the beginning of the time that we people were posting picture on Facebook. I said the traffic pattern is going to change. The traffic pattern is not going to be just mobile 
consuming data, what mobile is going to send data. We're going to have lots of IoT devices. We're going to have uh, the, 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 the power and the CPU and the storage is going to increase in these endpoint devices. So how can I bring cloud closer to those application demand? That's the original story that started. And the name of the company, the name of project was Disternet as in decentralized internet. In 2009, uh, which is three years after Amazon AWS announced cloud, I simply said, cloud is not gonna scale. And we need uh, a hybrid edge cloud, uh, which uh, later was coined and all that. So I went to Vodafone and uh, I got the, the Vodafone The Vodafone team knew me and they sponsored the project. I kept it in a stealth mode, uh, uh, developing the first version uh, with the help of Vodafone while I became the Vodafone uh, employee. They asked me to set up their venture incubation and beta brand. Uh, so I did that as well, and I became the CEO of a brand called Vodafone Zone, which uh, which became a global second brand for Vodafone and chairwoman for Vodafone America's foundation. And then after that, I joined a group of healthcare company for consumerization of healthcare, while all the time I was keeping an eye on this company and developing its software. So I, given the company was in a stealth mode, I was trying to fund it alternatively by getting uh, uh, funded alternatively. So that's the original story. And then I slowly brought the team together, found the right people. Um, uh, First of all, some of my team members who've been working me across different companies joined me. Uh, such as Sam Armani and and uh, and and others, and then slowly I found uh, other uh, uh, people such as Siwash Alamuti, Michelle Berger, uh, and I brought them to this company. So that that's that's really the the I, I, it requires a half an hour to just tell you the full story. So the story started from there. Wow, you weren't kidding. Uh, that is uh, that is a couple of careers in parallel. Um, let's let's yeah. take a, let's take a look under the hood. Talk about your technology stack and what kind of important choices you had to make early on. So uh, the important choices was uh, one of the key thing was to be able to see um, the future and yet come back and define a starting point and be able to iterate uh, in a way uh, that pretty much every step bring you closer to your final destination and uh, keep an open eye and open mind for feedback and suggestion and obstacles versus being fearful from it and uh, and kind of block yourself so we made a, we made certain decisions such as our, our two key product that we have is this developer edge engine and edge sdk that developers can go to developer.mimic.com and download them uh, Edge Engine is a, is, is a runtime environment that gives you serverless microservice uh, uh, environment on devices such as Android and iOS uh, and other devices. And Edge SDK is for free RTOS microcontroller sensors. Uh, we had to make sure that these, these, these kind of uh, software pieces are downloadable so that it doesn't require to be preloaded. So it doesn't require device vendors to adopt us. 
us. We had to make sure that this software works across all operating system, all different networks, and communicate with any cloud provider. So that was another thing while maintaining the code to be a single uh, kind of a source code. So I don't have a, a version of the code for iOS versus a different version of the code for Android and et cetera, et cetera. This way you can reduce the maintenance of your software code in long term. We had to make sure to, to look at developers, how developers consuming cloud. They, they're, they're consuming it with a standard microservice development and RESTful API first approach. So this edge engine should provide that same capability or similar capability to developers that they can utilize, they can develop a standard microservice and deploy them on these devices. So there is nothing proprietary for developers. We had to make sure that if a developer utilizing tools such as Kubernetes, Docker, Open Horizon, they can combine it with what we are providing to them. So I, I don't introduce an edge engine and tell you that at the same time, go and change everything else that you do. No, I say, here's an edge engine and you can do everything else that you've been doing. And this is how the two can coexist together in order to bring you benefit. So maintaining that uh, to, to some degree, we wanted to uh, have a standard to be our differentiator, right? So I'm not into the, I, my, my layer inside Edge Engine and Edge SDK, there are many proprietary things, but on top of it, everything looks and it smells and have the same API as what developers are consuming. And it can work on any device, any operating system, any network and any cloud provider. And that's an advantage that Mimic has because it's an entity that doesn't own any cloud property, doesn't own any device, doesn't own any operating system, doesn't own any dev tools. It just wants to help developers that utilizing these things. Therefore, we kept it universal. So uh, uh, enabling a RESTful API first microservice driven approach that that cloud uh, native people are, uh, are, are, are utilizing as an architecture and development pattern was one of the key elements that we wanted to enable. While we realizing, while we realized that, hey, edge is not exactly cloud. It's not stationary. Cloud is an stationary element, but the endpoint device exists today and in a minute may not exist. So how can how can all these corner cases be supported while bringing um, a notion of cloud uh, to the whole picture? So uh, that's why we said mimicking the cloud to the edge, right? Kind of imitating it to the edge um, in order to deliver the benefits and faster delivery time for developers and lowering the risk of software development, digital transformation. Because the big issue with digital transformation is that a lot of, you don't know what you don't know, right? You, you, you have a notion of what solution you want to bring to the table based on what need you have right away. But the reality is that this need evolves over time. You need to integrate with different entities that you don't even see today. So how do you de-risk 
that digital transformation and protect yourself from unknown, that when an unknown now it becomes a known element, you can interact with it easily. And again, if you look at, uh, if you look at, uh, RESTful API, that's what it enables. I keep talking about RESTful API. Maybe I should give a bit of a context because web was really enabled by a, a standard HTTP hand, as a handshake protocol. Uh, what we see as the next level of handshake in this heterogeneous world, because it's impossible to, to think, unless we, we believe in the ending of Blade Runner 2, that at the end of the world, there is only one or two brands that providing all the technology to us, which is, which is a disaster and a monopoly that we all need to avoid. So then in that, if, if everybody, and that's our purpose to create a digital ecosystem that is sustainable for all, uh, and, and if, if, if that's what you believe in, then what is the, what is that interoperability? How do we solve interoperability between these heterogeneous entities? And how we solve that uh, with the, well, how we solve that is with RESTful API, which is something that is widely adopted. So, and that's what Mimic has enabled that you can, you can have RESTful APIs everywhere on the same device between heterogeneous uh, microservices on the same device or across devices and cloud. Uh, last question here. Who are the primary users of Mimic? And, and you, you mentioned, uh, you know, education is a big challenge. How do you build awareness among them? So we were in a stealth mode for over a decade. And we came out of it because we wanted to build the solution. This is a hybrid. When you develop a hybrid edge cloud platform, you're not developing a killer application. You're developing a platform. Killer application, you can develop the first feature, release it, and then the second feature. Hybrid edge cloud, it, it's either there or it's not. So, and, and we wanted to make sure that we, we solved major corner cases. We have our RESTful APIs available that can be consumed. So we came out of a stealth mode finally in 2019 and we test drive the solution with a few, um, companies, you know, two, three companies. And then in, in February 2020, we wanted to go scale our business. We were ready to scaling, but we know what happened, which was COVID. Uh, which actually accelerated the demand for digital solutions. Uh, so we got IBM and Amazon, each, each did a due diligence about five, six months on Mimic, and uh, we, we partnered with them. Uh, and then we got a group of companies in automotive, such as Airlink, in, in, in healthcare, such as H2 Wellness and El Nutra, uh, you know, in, in FinTech, uh, such as Able and Flybits and uh, in telecom. Uh, I can't mention the name of the telecom partner yet. But we got a com we got we got customers in fintech, healthcare, gaming, and telecom and automotive to actually utilize our solution. Uh, we're gonna start. Uh, uh, we became part of LF Edge, uh, and and that's now we're starting the developer awareness, and we're gonna be part of a few innovation labs that they also uh, reaching out to developers in order to create more awareness. Got it. Awesome. Well, uh, 
Thank you so much. Uh, before we get out of here, what's the best way for our listeners to reach you and learn more about them? If you have any calls to action for them, uh, here's the time. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Absolutely. So mimic, M-I-M-I-K dot com or developer dot mimic dot com uh, is where developers can go. We have link, we have all social media presence, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, uh, Facebook and all that. Uh, you, you just have to search for mimic uh, and uh, our call to action is let's edify the world together. Let's build a sustainable digital ecosystem together because the hyper-connected world is going to be by orders of magnitude bigger than mobile internet. And there is opportunity for all of us to play. And let's play uh, with data privacy in mind. Uh, with uh, uh, reducing carbon footprint in mind because the more you use edge, the less you utilize the power of other entities and network and all that. And let's figure out new business models. We, we strongly believe that collaboration is the key uh, success factor for future. Otherwise, we're all going to be uh, disintermediated by main big brands. All right, and we know who those are. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We're going to end our show there. If you liked it, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating. Thank you, Faye, for joining the show today. We we loved your examples. Um, We appreciate your time and your insights. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. 